Listener Production. So the three million Australians who have a student debt have a right to be pretty unhappy today. Their debts are going to be going up by 7.1%. And it's not the greedy banks or the Reserve Bank governor that's jacking up their interest rates. It's actually the federal Labor government. So I'm talking about indexation. It's where student debts are increased to match the rate of inflation, which is fine when it's down at 2% like it was for the last decade. But when it's up at 7% like it is now, which is even higher than mortgage rates, you have to ask, is the system fair? Is it broken? And why didn't the Labor government step in and do something about it? I'm just absolutely bewildered that um, the government doesn't seem to care or want to alleviate any kind of stress and is very keen to increase the indexation despite knowing the effects of this, the flow-on effect. It just feels like another kind of stab in an already open wound. So that's Hannah. In our briefing, you'll hear more from her because her debt is going up by $3,500 today. I'll also interview the man who actually designed the HEX system and see what he makes of the current situation. HEX is an insurance system. It's designed so that when you don't have any money, you don't have to pay. There's other student loan systems all around the world which are much more difficult and pernicious. That is our briefing. First, here are today's headlines. It's Thursday, the 1st of June. And our producer, Eleanor Harrison-Dengate, joins you for today's headlines. Eleanor, take it away. Hey, Tom. So the Reserve Bank Governor is once again attracting criticism, this time for his solution to the housing crisis. Kids don't move out of home because the rent's too expensive or you decide to get a flatmate uh, or a housemate. We need more people, on average, to live in each dwelling. Philip Lowe in Senate estimates yesterday. What do you make of that, Tom? Oh, I don't know if he wants to be giving advice on how people (laughs) cut costs um, on their living arrangements, given how many costs he's added to our living arrangements. Mm. So tricky territory for Philip Lowe there. Yeah, I mean, the Treasurer, he's got a bit of backup from the Treasurer. Jim Chalmers said that his comments just highlight that supply shortage and that's what the issue is. Uh, It's as new inflation data makes another rate rise next week, more likely. Yeah, that was an interesting um, bit of data yesterday. So um, the annual inflation rate rose to 6.8% for the 12 months to April. That was up from 6.3. So 6.3 up to 6.8, more than economists were forecasting. Um, The main reasons are surging rents, food, travel costs. And also, um, this was an interesting one that had quite a big impact. Um, The ending of the temporary fuel excise subsidy Mm. of 20 cents per litre. That was um, something that happened under the Morrison government, which came to an end. So that boosted inflation as well. But it's all pointing to a greater chance of, as you said, a rate rise at next week's June RBA meeting. And there are calls for PwC, the big accounting firm, to name and shame the nine partners stood down for misusing confidential government information about tax reform. So yesterday, the RBA governor, Philip Lowe, who we just mentioned, said that the RBA wouldn't be doing any new contracts with PwC until they name the partners, saying they need to give transparency to show that they are moving forward from the controversy. And the Treasurer, Jim Chalmers, also weighed in saying the partners should be named. I think the country is absolutely filthy about what's happened with PwC. Uh, We want to be able to consult in good faith. 
Yeah, so the Tax Practitioners Board, and they were the people that singled out that first partner for this unethical um, behaviour, mm. they were questioned um, by senators yesterday and they told the committee that they have asked PwC for the names of the nine partners and they have given them a deadline of June 20. Mm, so it'll be interesting to see where that ends up. Yeah, well, that's you know almost three weeks away. I, I don't know why they need three weeks to make this decision. Um, I think that buys them a, a bit of time to move out of the spotlight and, and away from some of the pressure that's being mounted at the moment. Every single cigarette will have a health warning if the federal government is able to pass its new plan. So if the warnings on the plane packets aren't enough to get the message across, the government is planning to put a written health warning on each actual cigarette. So the proposed legislation was released by Health Minister Mark Butler yesterday and has to pass Parliament by April next year and it will come into effect July 1, 2025. Wow, this is a really interesting move. I mean, cigarettes are, are quite small, so we've seen pictures of what the proposed warnings might look like. The typeface would go along basically the whole white part of the cigarette from the filter down to the end. Mm. So it would look pretty wild. I mean, I think, you know, with plain packaging, um, the very graphic warnings and also like the exorbitant excise put on cigarettes, pushing up the prices, they've done a lot. Mm. to make smoking very unappealing and they have really driven down the smoking rate. Um, I think the main focus, not that they can't do both, but I think the main focus needs to be on the vaping problem right now. Yeah, I mean, it's also that like the 12% of Australians who do smoke daily, that's just basically flatlined that rate. So I don't know, I mean, if those people are still cool with all the types of packaging we've got now, I don't know if like this little individual warning's going to make much difference, but never know. And The Office, that is the TV show, is getting an Australian adaptation and a female actor is going to play the David Brent character. So Aussie comedian Felicity Ward is going to play the role. Um, She'll be called Hannah Howard. And Ricky Gervais, the creator of it, says he's really excited to see it, but he says that office politics have changed a bit in 20 years, so I can't wait to see how they navigate the modern-day David Brent. I'm quite excited for this. I mean, I feel like we've already got our own sort of version of The Office already, like Utopia is quite similar Mm. to it. But, you know, any investment in like Australian drama is awesome. And Felicity Ward is very good at doing awkward. So I think she was a great (laughs) casting choice. It is funny that we're getting our own version of The Office 20 years after it began in the UK. Um, They got onto it a bit quicker in the US. They did their adaptation in 2005. Here we are. In 2023, it'll come out on Prime Video next year. And in origin last night, the Blues could have had it after a three-try comeback, but Queensland did it again with some late tries, beating New South Wales 26-18 to 18 in origin one. Oh, they are so good at breaking hearts, <laughs> Queensland, uh, with those late tries. Um, yeah, it was an amazing match held on the Adelaide Oval, which looked absolutely incredible last night. Origin 2 will be in three weeks in Brisbane. And sadly for a New South Welshman, Queensland tend to win in Brisbane. (laughs) I don't feel sorry for you. All right, thank you very much, Eleanor. Time now for the Hex Debt Indexation Outrage. So today is the day where the annual indexing of student loans kicks in and it affects around 3 million people, mostly younger people. So this happens every year and 
It's always been the way since the HEX system first came in back in 1989 that it went up by the same as the consumer price index, which is the main measure of inflation, which is how much prices are going up. Now, over the last decade, that figure averaged at 2%, so no one really complained. But because inflation is so high right now, that indexation figure is also really high at 7.1%. Now, a group of federal crossbench MPs saw this coming and they actually wrote a letter to the federal government pleading with them to change the system during these high inflationary times. But the federal Labor government refused. So now people are literally paying the price. Now, Hannah has a big student debt, $50,000, which is actually double the average. So from today, that will go up to $53,500. So an extra three and a half grand. Hannah, how are you feeling about that? Um, I'm feeling very powerless, to be quite honest. I'm feeling really frustrated. Um, I feel like we're already dealing with a lot of financial stress um, with the increasing cost of living. And this is just another way that people who have dedicated themselves to education, trying to make a meaningful contribution to the country and the economy, are really just being put in another stressful financial position. And so to look at your situation, your student debt was 54000 You worked and paid off $10,000 of that. But as of this latest indexation, it's basically going to go back to where it all started 10 years ago. Yeah, exactly. So it is just really frustrating to have worked and to think that you're paying off your education. You think, okay, now I'm finally in the workforce, I'm dedicated, I'm contributing and I'm paying off my education. Um, And then essentially you actually haven't paid off any of your education at all. Mm. So how does that then affect your life now and your future plans? Because I know that having a high student debt makes it harder to get a mortgage. Obviously, you know, when you do work, more of it will need to be um, going towards your, your debt. So how does that affect your life? That 10 grand would have been really, really helpful to help me out of a lot of financial stress in the last few years. Um, 10 grand would have really helped to start saving for a house deposit and get out of the rental market Um Recently, my partner and I were priced out of the suburb that we have been living in for three or four years because it's just become so hard to pay the rent there, hard to move suburbs, and we're looking at that happening again pretty soon. Um, You know, 10 grand would have been really helpful to kind of get some uh, housing security. Um, Or, you know, just even after the stress of COVID and all that and the world going kind of back to travel, it would have been really nice to take a break, go on holidays, go overseas, but it's really just doesn't seem like a possibility at the moment because we just can't afford to. And a group of crossbench MPs in the federal parliament saw this one coming and they actually wrote to the federal government and asked them to do something about this before today came, but they they refused to change the policy. How do you feel about that and what's your message to the government? Honestly, I'm just absolutely bewildered that um, the government doesn't seem to care or want to alleviate any kind of stress and is very keen to increase the indexation despite knowing the effects of this, the flow-on effect. It just feels like another stab in an already open wound. So that was Hannah. Now, another part of the frustration here is that so many of our parents actually got free university degrees. That ended when the HEC system was introduced in 89 and the architect, the person who designed it, is an economist called Bruce Chapman. So given what's happened today, 
we've called him to see what he thinks about the indexation system and whether he thinks it's still working at a time when the CPI is so high, even higher than mortgage rates. Bruce, thank you for joining us. Do you have sympathy for the millions of people in Hannah's situation? I have huge sympathy. And one of the reasons that I care about the way that students are reacting to this is that they've been given a lot of misinformation from uh, the New South Wales Green Senator, which uh, I think would frighten anybody. And it's particularly if you're not used to inflation or you don't have uh, economics in your background, a big jump, like 7% in your hex debt looks like a terrible thing. But let me try and explain why it's not a terrible thing. Every year the hex debt gets indexed, which means adjusted for its true purchasing power. And sometimes, like this month, like the 1st of June, um, the increase is kind of out of kilter with what's going on over time. So, for example, there have been no increases for the last year, and after the 7% increase next year, there'll be no increases for another year. So it's a big blip. Mm. And the reason that you shouldn't worry about it is that over time, over a period of more than a year or so, incomes and wages will be going up by more than prices. So it's going to be covered. It just at the moment, it looks kind of shocking because we haven't had inflation like this for 20 years. Once the wages catch up with the prices, which will happen over time, everything is exactly the same. It's not an issue because you'll just be paying back in what governments call real terms that is adjusted for inflation. But it could take a long time for wages to get up to inflation. And, and this is a massive hit. And even when you designed the system, I've read the, the initial paper, you described it as essentially interest-free loans. And at the moment, these these loans are going up by the, more than the mortgage rate. So that's quite a bad situation for people to be no, in. I understand what you're saying, but it's a, it's a one-year adjustment. That's what's making this so scary. If we could have adjusted this every quarter, it would have been a one a 1.75 increase for the last four quarters. Will we worry about that? I think it's quite a different set of concerns, but it just hits everybody in the face in a scary way because it's one off 7%. Now, um, what when, when I say wages will catch up, let me put that differently. Over time, wages go up in nominal terms, that is the amount of, it looks like rather than in real terms, uh, go up faster than prices. There's only been about two or three years in the last 20 where that hasn't happened on a quarter-by-quarter quarter basis. But the amount that the government is asking for the students to repay is only adjusted for inflation. Um, they could have, most bank loans over time will uh, be inflation plus a few extra percentage points for profit. You, you won't be able to get a bank loan on this basis because the bank won't do it because there's no profit involved. But in these extreme circumstances, isn't there a case to to change the policy, to, to freeze it or to cap it. Because as I mentioned before, at the moment, it's worse than a mortgage. And I don't think that's how you design this system. You design this to be uh, <coughs> relatively cheap loans that you paid once you weren't a decent income. So in these extreme periods of high inflation, why not change it to align better with the, the way that you actually set this up? Because at the moment, it's not really doing what you set out to do with it. Well, it, it has more or less worked okay for 35 years. But let me not deny the validity of your point. This is a chance for the government to say, this looks very scary. 
And even though it's not that scary in truth, we want to take away a bit of the fear and the concerns. And so there could be a delayed payment. There could be a smooth Mm. increase in the hex debt. Like I said, instead of once a year where it comes to 7%, it could be every quarter. And that that means that the tracking of wages and prices will be much closer. I don't think breaking it up into quarters is really going to help because you're essentially going to pay the same rate. It's just going to look smaller because you'll see the quarterly figure. You'll see 7% divided in half. There is an alternative to index it either to the CPI, which is price inflation, or to the index of wage increases, whichever one is the lower. That would take away the heat from this. But one of the important points here is that the government is currently um, undergoing what's called the University Accord Review, and that's going to look at all of those things, all of the, including the prices. And um, I've been talking to this the, the committee quite a lot, including about this issue. Uh, the minister is very aware of it. So that report, that interim report, will be coming out at the end of June, and I think it's going to lead to important changes. And I think there are all sorts of reasons to promote the idea that the HEX system is basically designed to get a small amount, like 30%, 35% of the cost from the students and to leave the rest as a government subsidy. And that's currently where we are. It's about 45 uh, to 55. And any time it's less than that, the costs go onto the budget, which means all taxpayers. But it, when you ask me my personal view, it is that there are good reasons to try and smooth this out Um, I don't think that's too hard. They've got to do two complicated things to make sure that the HEX system protects people. And up until recently, there haven't been too many complaints about HEX. These are extraordinary times, though. And look, you make the point there that if if the government doesn't increase these debts by the, the rate of CPI, then essentially the taxpayer is kicking in more money to support the students. But there are many other examples where they do that. For example, they chipped in on the fuel excise, so they were supporting drivers um, recently when oil prices were spiking. So they did it then. Why not do it for students, one of the more financially vulnerable sections of our community? Students are certainly financially vulnerable in the short run, but not in the long run. A person with a graduate with a degree will earn about $1.8 million on average over her lifetime than someone without a degree. So they're not a disadvantaged group, but the critical thing is that the government protects people. HEX is an insurance system. It's designed so that when you don't have any money, you don't have to pay. There's other student loan systems all around the world um, which are much more difficult and pernicious And I think we're kind of lucky that we uh, invented something which takes into account your capacity to pay. And there's one other big point I think is being missed here. The amount that people pay depends on their income. It doesn't depend on the prices. So if the prices go up and somebody's paying a hex debt, absolutely nothing happens to their repayments. And the reason is they're paying as a proportion of of their income to get their debt down. And that, that means that there's nobody is damaged in the short run. In my view, they won't be damaged in the long run, but it needs to be understood that this is a fragile issue because of the difficulties in understanding it. And I think that the government will be looking, I've got, I'm quite confident that the University Accord Review will pay quite a lot of attention to issues such as this. That was Bruce Chapman, who's an emeritus professor at the Australian National University in Canberra, I was a little surprised he wasn't a bit more empathetic there. 
Um, I guess it's decades since Bruce would have been a student and probably that was at a time where there was no (laughs) X system because he's the person who introduced it. I was also interested though that he would be open to adjusting the way indexing works, particularly during times like this and in his words, the government could have found a way to smooth this out. And to be honest, I'm really surprised they didn't step in and do something about this because this affects so many people um, who are really going to be hurting today. Listener.